Uh, do you guys remember? Uh, I would say it would have to be when we were collectively somewhere between the ages of four and eight. That over the summer, if you read enough books, you would get to go to Pizza Hut and get Book a it. Yep. Yep. And get a personal pan <laughs> pizza. Yeah. Do you remember those personal pan pizzas? Yes. No, because rem- I never got one. What? Did you just not read? <laughs> I didn't give a shit. Wow. Yeah, I didn't give a shit. Cat was a I bad never, kid. I never finished Book It. Yeah, no. Do you know what we learned today? Do you know what we learned today? We learned Cat was a bad kid. Because everybody would always lie and like say they finished all these books and I didn't want to lie and say I finished them if I didn't. So I never like filled it out right. So you were a good bad kid. Two things. Yeah. One, Kat, how's your reading for school going now? Great. Good. See, so she's improved. Mm -hmm. Two, I like tried to fill out more than one sheet. Like I I was (laughs) like, how many personal pan pizzas can I get? Because I'm reading (laughs) so much. I fucking wish. Like, that's why um, not last winter. Yeah, it was last winter. It wasn't last winter. (laughs) I won the reading basket for uh, bingo. I got to, because I was going to say, I wish they still did that for adults. But, like, my library did. Maybe they'll do it again this winter. And you had a bingo sheet and you had to check off. And I asked them if they wanted to know which books were filling out which categories because it was, like, free space in the middle. And it was, like... Uh, book published the year you were born and like different things like that and they're like no you don't have to do that but I filled it out anyways I Danielle wrote it provided on the back. details on the back yep I did and I got to enter a ticket for how many bingos I could get and I ended up winning the basket so I essentially you, got yeah like, you had a fucking coverall you basically had the whole thing filled I think out. There was like one or two that I didn't do. Yeah, it was like a magazine or something is the only thing you didn't read. You even read a graphic novel or a comic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hey, yeah. <laughs> hey, hey! I have a picture that the library posted of me with my basket because I want cool. My, as my dad would say, nerd. nerd. <laughs> That's fine. Hey, welcome to the V Spot Podcast. It's a. Uh, it's a podcast in need of a new tagline. <laughs> Shit. Well, we're still a podcast for best friends. Yeah, yeah. we're still a survival podcast. Uh, I think, a survival I think, podcast yeah. for best friends. Yeah. I think what you said in the other episode is good. We can be a survival podcast for best friends who care about shit. Mm-hmm. Ooh, who give a shit. Who give mm-hmm. a shit. Mm-hmm. A survival mm-hmm. podcast for best friends who give a shit. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm. The V-Spot, people who give a shit. Yeah. I am the no longer silent producer, Andy. Uh, I, you know, I think we're going to regret that yeah, at some point. You're going <laughs> to regret it. I don't know, because actually, if you let him off on a tangent, you could take a little five-minute quick nappy nap. Oh, my uh, God. Yeah, no true. more dead air. I will fill all the time. Yeah, exactly. Like, literally, you can be like, Andy, tell us about this. And just lean back and take a little nap while he goes off. How do you feel about Comic Sans? Well, let me tell you, in 45 minutes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, in the chair across from me. I'm Mrs. Weeks. I don't know. You, you've you tried to rebrand me that before. Well, I, I, no, I tried to unbrand you old. that, actually. That makes me feel old. What, being Mrs.? Yeah. Or being rebranded. Yeah. 
No, okay. the missus. Like, I know I'm married, but Isn't- still saying missus something makes me feel old. And I think it sounds weird. I'm still, I still have my maiden name in Kat's phone. I am not. Yes. Wow, Kat. Um, we, we can do an episode at some point in the future about the history of where missus comes from. Mm. I was just going to say, missus is kind of like rebranding for a person. Uh, yeah, sure is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's a moment when I That's really a- wish I could have seen Kat's yeah. face. That's actually exactly what it is. (laughs) So what do you want to be uh, called in this new version of the podcast? I'm Danny. I'm just, I am who I am. That's good. Hey, that's good. When you said Mrs. Weeks just now, my immediate, like what I immediately wanted to say, and I should have, was if you're nasty. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Well, I mean, it's not too late. Danielle, Ms. Weeks, if you're nasty. Thank you. And from all the way across our capital district, from the comfort of, I'm going to guess, her couch. Yes. That's right. Yep. Yep, that's right. I'm Kat. Ta-da. Ta-da. It's your three best friends. It used to be two, and now it's three. You've gained one. Plus one. I'm the plus one. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, what's this, uh, what's this week going to be about? Well... What do you think this week's going to be about? We've taken greatest three months hits. off. I think we, I think it's smart to start with the greatest hits. Yeah. We can just fire off some stuff that we like. Like it can be an episode instead <laughs> of like one episode about a major topic. It can be an episode about a whole bunch of little little. Yeah, fun. we'll start yeah. ruining lives next episode. Well, I, no, no, yeah. this will be like best <laughs> worst hits. What do you keep doing? Yeah. I, well, she's I, like, oh no, we're going to ruin your life this week too. Oh, no, yeah, I'll it's just going to be a whole you... bunch of little stuff. <laughs> Are you stretching? Is that uh, what you're doing? No, you're no, like getting I, ready? Here, here, I'm gonna Are point, you presenting? Uh, peacocking? No, I was going I was gonna say since it's a gen- Are you wearing pants? I am wearing pants. <laughs> I was gonna say Rock out with your slong out. <laughs> Christ people, would you let me do my bit? I got a good jolly joke and jape over here and I'm trying to Is get that it what out. you call your dick? I don't know yes. what you're doing. Jolly with your jokes hand right and japes is what I call your dick too. <laughs> It's, to, to quote Travis McElroy, I'm full of goof juice and I need to get it out. Yeah. So I was going right. to say it's a general, it's a greatest hits episode. So we're going to be shooting from the hip. Oh. And I did that for oh. you, Danielle. <laughs> but you wouldn't, you wouldn't let me do it. You wouldn't, I wouldn't let me shut the fuck shoot up. from the hip. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's like we took three months off and you forgot how to podcast. I just never cared. <laughs> I don't. I don't know that what you just did really has anything to do with podcasting, but the shoot from the hip, like that dance and like the weird hand gestures. Well, I was shooting from the hip. I bang, bang. well, <laughs> bang bang. Uh, no, I was talking about Danielle knocking her uh, ginger ale into the microphone mm. for like the second time. That actually sounds about right. Yeah, that tracks. Yeah. Who wants to start? Who wants I will to begin. Oh, I have okay. The article that I just pulled up in front of me. <clears throat> Suck it I knew to this me. was coming, but uh, this is the first time I've read a little bit of an article about it, about the uh, USPS starting to slow delivery starting October 1st mm-hmm. Wait. because of the new Postmaster General's plan. Oh, you mean uh, Shipbird DeJoy, who tried to <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, tank the entire Postal Service so that uh, a uh, he who shall not be named mm-hmm. um, would, you know, win? Mm-hmm. Okay. Tell me yeah, more. So Tell me his more. Uh, part, uh, many Americans will start seeing a noticeable slow delivery on their mail. Uh, it's part of his blueprint for overhauling the U.S. Postal Service in order to slash costs. Uh, so 
Cut costs by doing it worse, ergo not make more money, ergo lose more money, hey, uh, then slash more thing. Sure. Okay, go ahead. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Continue. Almost four of ten pieces of first-class mail will see slower delivery. That means mail delivery will be slower than it was in the 1970s. Hmm. <laughs> That's what made me laugh before. I read that little thing, and then I was like, I'll just hold off on this until we start and the podcast. there it is. And you know, slower than the 1970s. There We're it is. We're headed back in time as it is, so we might as well just Commit embrace it. to yeah. the bit. Yeah. There it is. We're trying to take all of our other policies back pre-70s, so why the fuck not just do it with the mail? Everything, they said, can be expected to take five days to reach its destination. I can't wait for nobody to use the mail anymore and for all those people to lose jobs. Yeah, and they're saying that bills getting places late are going to be a problem. Whoops. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, you should just go pay it online. Mm-hmm. I'm sure that works real well for people out in the country who don't have broadband internet access. Yeah. You know what I think is really funny about this? Mm-hmm. The people who use the mail the most and who will have the most slowdown are the people who uh, voted for the asshats who put that guy in charge. Mm-hmm. Huh. Yep. You may notice a trend. Yep. <laughs> so it's just that little article and it just talks more about that. It's uh, supposedly it's a 10 year plan. It's necessary to erase a projected $160 billion loss over the next decade. All right. So I feel like the post office is worth doing a deeper dive into certain things, too, because sure. I, I'm pretty sure and I would like sources to cite. I think the post office is the only federal thing that is required to keep cash on hand for all of their employees pensions for 50 years or something absurd. Mm. And that was a law that was passed, mm-hmm. oh, I think in the 70s or the 80s. Well, well, we're back to pre-70s now. Mm-hmm. So, uh, You know, with I, I think, honestly, I feel like it was passed with that intention of fucking up the Postal Service. <laughs> like, there's no reason for it. Do, do, you, do you know, um, I think this stopped... This stopped a long time ago. This is what I would want to go look up and see exactly when this happened. But you used to be able to do your banking at the post office. And it's why, <laughs> you know, towns had post offices. That was like your requirement to be incorporated into a town, I think, was um, you had a post office. Mm-hmm. And you used to be able to go cash a check there. You could have a uh, bank account with the post office. Um, it had a special name, I think. But I don't remember what it was. But then they did away with that. And then the post office started losing money. Weird. <laughs> That's really weird. Yeah. It's almost like somebody said, the post office is cutting into the profits of banks. We should stop doing that. Why would we stop doing that? We like the post office. We want the post office to make money. The post office <laughs> has never contributed to my campaign, so... <laughs> okay. Next topic. So that's your that was your fun fact. We can dive deeper into any of these things. Oh yeah. Uh, Fuck you with the fucking baby. <laughs> ah, you shit dicks. God um, damn it. I I've got another fun thing. I I think Kat and I talked about this. I don't think we mentioned this in front of you. That's You're a, talking behind my back about fun secretive things. Yes. Uh, <gasps> this is not Jacuz. a thing that'll need a whole episode. Um, 
but a thing that many people were mad about is um, AOC, <laughs> so a- anything on the internet. AOC's dress at the Met Gala. Oh God, yeah. Now this the is the Met Gala about. as an entire topic was a thing I was going to bring up. Yeah, so, so let's do it. Met Gala. I don't yeah, know. I was just blue, about blues clues. Punch, punch me right in the gut with it, cat. Yeah, come on, cat. Uh, did you do you see how I changed my positioning? Yes, here you did. It was a nice. little frightening. I'm like, uh oh, <laughs> she's man spreading nice or something. Nice and comfy. Yeah. All right. No, well, we can start. We can start with what you were gonna say about AOC. Yeah. So you saw her dress, Andy. Yeah. Yeah. How mm-hmm. did you feel about it? For anyone, okay. So for anyone who didn't see, it was a white dress with in red. It said "Tax the Rich" on yeah. the back. That, like down her back, correct? Uh, and at some point, she said about it, it the medium is the message mm-hmm. kind of thing. Um, and what did, it, like, my initial reaction to the mm-hmm. dress and her going to the Met Gala is, oh, good for you. And using this giant televised, publicized, all over the fucking internet event to put something on the back of the dress that means something instead of, I don't know, wearing a black morph suit like, Somebody did. <laughs> oh, that's Kim Kardashian. Yeah, you don't. I was like, do you There's, not know who that was? Because like, I want to name this I motherfucker. Co- I couldn't tell because it was a black morph suit. Is this? I don't. I. I. I can't. Now I'm going to tell mm-hmm. you. There's only two acceptable things to wear to the Met Gala. A anything dress, Billy Porter wears. A dress like AOC wore, or anything Billy Porter <laughs> has ever worn, like that hat with the curtain shade that just went in front of it. A time with the drink into the mic but that that hat that hat uh billy porter where i thought was like two years ago that had the shade that closed in front of it Mm. fuck those are the only two things you can wear everybody else looks like trash except if little nas x was there because he also probably wore something fucking fantastic but i digress yep so that's just the thing that i wanted to bring up Mm -hmm. to start with because people were real mad oh the internet was yeah. so pissed uh yeah, yeah pe- they were really rude about it cat what else do you want to say about the met gala before we talk um, specifically i want to talk about i want to talk about cara delvigny but we can do that next okay let's finish up on aoc huh yeah aoc i mean they were and you can't find anything good about no. like if you google aoc's met gala dress everything that comes up is the dress could be used a different slogan. It wasn't performative, but bashing it is. Like all of this, like all of stuff this about absolute... it. People are so mad because they're like, "How dare she? Like she's going to this super like like huge that's... event that's all the rich people, and she's attending it, and poor people couldn't attend should, it." So should how we dare just they? should we just fucking dismantle all of the common arguments for this, like in one fell swoop? Yeah, because we can do it. Sure. So the first argument I feel like everybody threw out there was. Oh, you're a you're a congress you're a, you're a congresswoman. Like, how the fuck are you affording to go to the Met Gala? These are thirty thousand dollar a shot tickets. Like, Ew, are they really? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Uh, these are thirty thousand dollars a pop. How the fuck are you going? Oh yeah, AOC, so poor, so woman of the per the people or whatever the fuck, going to the Met Gala. Okay. Um, she was invited by the Met because she represents, you know. New government York city and government <laughs> yeah. like, constituents right and she was also invited by that designer who made the dress she mm, didn't pay yeah. for a ticket yeah and she also wasn't the only congresswoman there oh, no 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 just the only <laughs> one who did a thing mm-hmm. and the only one who wasn't white right um she didn't buy that dress the designer lent it to her 
to do that. Mm-hmm. And she chose to, instead of going to the event and having a jerk-off fest for herself and look at me, I'm so cool, I'm at the Met Gala, um, she instead chose to put a slogan on the back of her dress that I think probably until right now, as the moment of recording this, has spiked Google searches for tax the rich or, mm-hmm. um, you know, tax inequality, uh, tax reform, all searches, Google searches around the whole concept of tax the rich went from, you know, like a blip on the radar to this huge spike the second she goes out there in that dress. Mm-hmm. So I would argue any shit she got, all the internet being pissed off, all of it, absolutely worth it. And probably the internet's actual reaction to, oh, fuck, they're on to us. Mm. Yeah, and mm-hmm. and again, like nobody made a big deal out of Carolyn Maloney being there at all. But or her dress, her dress, which was like uh, like a replicant of like the suffragist movement. It had like the sashes and it was, uh, I think, in relation to like what was going on with Texas, because it was very Mm. like um, uh, pro ERA and stuff like that. But nobody said a peep. Nobody said a word about her, about this nice middle aged blonde lady. Yep. (laughs) And nobody said a word. I mean, Kat, it's just so much more fun to take shots at the young minority, you know, who's loud. Is yeah. that is that the actual problem? Is it the actual problem that she's a woman with opinions who's not afraid to express them? Strange. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Any other thing you have to dismantle about it? Because I mean, it's just those those are the big points. Those are the, the, the big, big points ones. of like yeah. of like how dare you go to this when poor people can't go to it? Mm-hmm. Like, okay, like what the fuck does that even mean? That. It's a straw man argument. It doesn't really make any sense. It doesn't have any impact on this. And the reason you go to it is to wear a dress that says tax the rich on it to spike Google searches for taxing the rich. You use the thing as a means by which to get your message out. You know, if this had been two years ago and she was invited when she first got into office, it probably would have been a dress that was on fire and just said, hi, I'm the planet. I'm on fire. Mm -hmm. You know, but... This is a this is a topic we should talk about right now. You know the insane wealth inequality and the fact that we you know t- uh, twenty seventeen decided to slash the corporate tax rate and everything. So bring it up. That's the whole reason you go. Who gives a shit if it's a hoity toity fancy pants party for rich people? You just walked in with a dress that goes fuck you guys pay taxes. Uh, that's a pretty good flex in my opinion. So there you go. Kat, what was your Met Gala topic? Mm-hmm. Um, I wanted to talk about the other drama that happened with Cara Delvigny. I, I'm excited um, for this because I know nothing about it. Oh, oh boy. Well. Oh. <laughs> you sound so excited. <laughs> um, I have mixed feelings on it. I'm not quite sure which where I land. Um, but so Cara Delvigny wore um this outfit to the Met Gala it was like a it's like a pair it was a pantsuit-esque little ditty um it's like a pair uh, I'll send you the link it's a pair of white pants and then this top that's like a almost like a shield of sorts or like a I don't know like it's you know fashion um but essentially on the the front of it it's all white and on the front of it in red letters it says peg the patriarchy and people 
people are lost oh man their minds over the phrase pegging the patriarchy yeah because of because pegging. people yeah because people think it's homophobic it's uh you're shaming uh this and you're shaming that and the idea of pegging uh shouldn't be seen as uh like a violent act or something like that but what i didn't see a lot of people discussing was that peg the patriarchy was stolen this is not Cara Delvigny's. She did not come up with this. This is a phrase by a sex educator who has been touting this phrase for years. Huh. It's not original. It's it's an actual phrasing that Cara Delvigny and her people straight up stole and did not give this woman credit for. And the woman who came up with it, um, her name is, what's her first name? Here's that dead air. Um, I can feel that. <laughs> Sorry, Andy. I just want to make sure I have her first name. Luna Matadas um, is who came up with it. It sounded like you said Luna Matata. Yeah. I'm going to put it out there. Get it out there. Let's let everybody know that's not what we said. Luna came up with it. And she's a pleasure coach and a sex educator. And she's a queer black woman. And she has been using the phrase peg the patriarchy for literal years and her whole point was uh like in in this phrase was like you know kind of almost doing the opposite of what people are saying that the phrase it does like she was trying to take like kind of like the stigma and harmful sense out of words and and phrases like peg but she's she's a sex educator for starters so like obviously she knows what she's saying um and she's a queer woman of color and here we are again like this this white lady wearing Dior stole her idea, gave her no credit, and watched the Met Gala in it. And and everybody's like up in arms about the phrase, but like I didn't see quite as much conversation around the 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 other side of it. Um, and it's just, so, it's just like, come on, guys. So what precise? precisely is the problem with saying pegging or to peg what does to peg mean in this instance for anyone just to clarify like why that would be a problem you want me to teach people what pegging is i i kind of think we have i I kind of think we have to though because otherwise if you have no idea what this means you might be like i don't and google is not going to be helpful it will not be your friend no oh boy well, let me <laughs> let me see if I can find a delicate way to. Um, I mean, I think we have to because otherwise, it's. Uh, what if you don't know? Then someone's gonna be like, "I don't get why that's a problem." Sounds like they're saying just fuck the patriarchy. Why is it homophobic or anything like that? I mean, it is saying fuck the patriarchy, but, but it's a very they, specific type of right, fucking. Right, <laughs> right, <laughs> exactly. But that was a lot of, like, even from things I was seeing on the internet, because I can't believe you didn't see this, Andy. Some no, people, like, quite literally were like, I, like, there's people on all ends of the spectrum, but some people didn't know why that was, like, any sort of phobia, like, why it's queer phobic of any sort. Yeah, so, um, so, it, the, so it's essentially, uh, and now I'm, like, reading the history of the phrase pegging the patriarchy. I like, well, I like that. I thought you were going to say the history of the phrase pegging, and I'm like, oh, no, no. His- well, I mean, kind of. That's in here, too. But so the phrase was actually coined by Dan Savage, which I didn't know. Oh. Um, 
in the early 2000s to describe uh, a man being pegged by a woman, but the idea of who pegs whom has expanded in to include all people of all genders and presentations over the years. Pegging has been portrayed as a subversive sex position because it flips traditional gender roles during sex. Um, but Matata said her slogan isn't about men being pegged. The patriarchy doesn't have a gender. Rather, it's a system of oppression that affects us all. Ah, see that, and that uh, goes to your point—the way you're saying of like she's trying mm-hmm. to reclaim it and make it not yeah. the you know mm-hmm. uh, yeah she derogatory says, thing. Um, Words and slogans such as peg the patriarchy change meaning when they are taken from plus size queer women of color and appropriated by white women. Privilege matters in ways we take up space, do activism, and are perceived. Kara coming in with a lot of social power, but using it to appropriate my work instead of lift it up is nothing new to what from white feminism. Yeah. Yep. So that's where where do you fall on the spectrum of it is a lot because Again, much like people are saying, fuck AOC, a lot of people were really, really, really mad. I I don't know if I saw a single positive thing or any argument other than the that's queer phobic, which I understand. And I do think it's like, but knowing the meaning where it came from, from the person who actually coined the term matters. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. It's almost like you're saying context matters. What? (laughs) Weird. It is almost like that. Yeah, I just, I think like it's one of those situations where, you know, you saw this, you saw the phrase peg the patriarchy and your initial response was, wow, that's uh, actually not a super powerful message. It's actually kind of fucked and maybe she should have done her homework and Mm -hmm. that's the right response. But then I think when you realize that she she took this from another creator, That's a whole other conversation because the woman who created it and was, you know, selling merch and using this as her catchphrase meant it like she was using it in a different, you know, as a different platform. And so like to her point, Kara taking it makes it something else. And that's what you can have a problem with. But I think there's like some bending that should happen when you learn about the origins. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. Yeah. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. I I had no idea where that came from and so you know to find that out makes it more of a oh hmm Mm -hmm. and is anyone holding her accountable for stealing this word yeah she um she reached out to cara delvigny um and dior and um i guess cara delvigny owns a sex toy company which i didn't know until i read that article i just Hmm. sent you and i guess like people thought that that it was like related to her owning that Mm -hmm. um so now she's getting like credit on all these you know different avenues but yeah she reached out to like all her people and as far as i can find i don't think there's ever been a comment and i like i was like looking at her social media to see if she like would apologize or give her credit or anything and i didn't see anything see that's so fucking fucked yeah Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. where where do you fall on this andy where what are your thoughts since this is your first time hearing about it uh i mean I think I would fall into that line of like I had no idea who originate who would have originated that phrase and that, and for me that probably would have been the first time I would have ever seen said phrase so I would mm-hmm. I would imagine it's like oh well that's probably where it came from because mm-hmm. but then that feels like a another instance of like the AOC thing of you throw that into Google and you're probably not going to come up with what is it Carol Vigny 
Mm-hmm. You're yeah. not going to come up with her first unless you're coming up with all the articles that are having a thing to say about uh, it. Of her, yeah, of what she did, exactly. Yeah. So, you know, like, I, I, I think it's it's a great example of context matters. You know, it's... Yeah. Um, context matters feels like such a rough thing because then it's like, for the lazy American, it means you have to actually, like, read something or, yeah. you know, do a modicum of work to understand yeah. what is going on. Mm-hmm. And that's just so hard for our lazy culture. Yeah. Ugh. But I love the uh, the sentiment of the original usage from, uh, who was uh, Luna? Luna Matata? Yeah, Matatas. Yeah, M-A-T-A-T-A-S. So it's like spelled like Matata. Yeah. yeah, Luna Matatas. If we're getting it wrong, somebody correct us. But. Uh, I love the original sentiment of that, that the the context of, you know, like, the patriarchy is not, it's not male, it's not female, it is kind of, it is an other, it is them, it is a system mm-hmm. of oppression, and I like that idea of, you know, the idea being reverse the gender norms and take down the patriarchy. That's, mm-hmm. like, um, that's a thumbs up sentiment for me. Well, because, yeah. like, if you think, like, a la... For instance, something most people know, like Handmaid's Tale, all of those wives are part of the patriarchy as mm-hmm. well as they're also victims. So th- there's a lot, there can be a bit of a gray area in there too. Like, yeah, yeah, it's primarily men, started by men, this, that. But like, you know, think of all those Trump supporting women. <laughs> I was just going to say the <laughs> women 50% for Trump. of white women who voted for Trump. Yeah, like they are they are part of <laughs> that's that. That's the patriarchy. That's the patriarchy. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. every single woman who was like, well, it's fine. It doesn't matter to me what happened in Texas. Segway, 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 segway. You're part of the patriarchy. Right. Yeah. Speaking of Texas, I've provided this segue. Can I just say? Yes, you can. <laughs> real real quick I, sort, I suppose it's texas adjacent um uh i so in school right i uh, i had to read uh a bunch of different articles uh spanning like you know over like a hundred years give or take uh more than that in some cases i had to read uh mary wollen craft um i had to read susan b anthony i had to read uh so many people, uh, Virginia Woolf, um, you know, like all the American, uh, oh my God, Margaret Sanger, um, all these different people. And, uh, you know, from Mary to Virginia Woolf is, is more than a hundred years between those two women and between Mary and me is 200 years. <laughs> and yet, <laughs> and yet. Here it comes. Here's the prestige. Why do I relate <laughs> and understand completely what she's talking about mm. in the vindication of the rights of woman? Boy. Like, why is that still so... Why is this thing that was written in... Eight, oh, God, I'm going to get this wrong, but, like, I want to say 1792 is when the vindication of the rights of woman was written, uh, it's, it's hello. Weird. You Why thought, is it so relatable? Yeah, you would have thought something written in 1792 would have been relatable in 1892 and would have been fixed by 1992. <laughs> However, yeah. and um, if uh, you know, if anybody cares about reading feminist 
hist historical writings, I would encourage people to read the um, court uh, recording from Susan B. Anthony's trial when she was arrested for illegally voting. Mm. Um, it is the original, nevertheless, she persisted. Like it's, um, it's so fascinating because it's just paragraph on paragraph of her speaking and the judge is like, okay, you can sit down now. And she just keeps on going. And he's like, okay, I'm not allowing this anymore. And she just keeps on going. <laughs> and she just never stops. And I'm like, man, oh man, these people fighting these fights uh, fucking hundred years ago. And here we fucking are yep. trying to overturn all of the shit that they went through. It's banana sandwich. Uh, I'm see if you, if you can find me a uh, if you can find me that I found a I found a thing. I'll give here. Danny my book. Mm -hmm. oh, okay. I'll just give you my book. Okay. I'll put a link to the I'll put a link to the book and I'll see if I can find that uh, on the internets for anybody to enjoy. Yeah, it's not, it's, I mean, the, I don't think I, what I read was necessarily the whole thing. It was like the, uh, the excerpt of when they're um, sentencing her and they're like asking her, you know, what she feels she, you know, what sentence ah, she should get or whatever. It. Sentencing um, speech. And it, yes. And it's really interesting because she's essentially like, I mean, she says so many things, but uh, one of her points is like, how can I be held accountable to all of the, all of these laws that are that are uh, put in place for men who are created equal when I'm not equal I'm not allowed to do the things you're allowed to do so how can you hold me accountable to the same standards of law as you uh, this is not a jury of my peers this is not a fair trial when I'm not even considered the same as you it's it's really good really good 10 out of 10 yeah I think I found it and I threw a link to that in the notes for the mm -hmm. podcast. That's an excellent point, though, in that speech, though, if you, you know, the point of you expect me to play in your society and play by your society's rules and by all the rules that you have. However, mm -hmm. you're not going to afford me those same rules. Like, why would I play a game when I like I'm literally not allowed to play? Mm -hmm. It's like we sit down to play a board game and, you know, Danielle sits down at the table. and I just like, OK, your character sits here. And then we play for three hours and I go, all right, Daniel lost. Mm -hmm. That's America. <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah. Uh, yeah. And then I had to read some stuff from Margaret Sanger and I was just like, oh, man, I, I, uh, <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> you know, she just she worked so hard. <laughs> We, we oh we laugh so we don't cry we, we talk about uh we talk about people rolling in their graves what do you yeah. i mean imagine mm -hmm. every single one of these poor mm -hmm. women just being like are you kidding me mm -hmm. you got you gotta be shitting me mm -hmm. yep they're not happy yeah and i read um on the other the flip side i'm just I, i'm just essentially telling you my homework that's, that's okay it's right uh now. it's good it uh, helps you get it done yeah. <laughs> well, this has already been submitted. This is what I wrote when I was watching movies with you and Lauren, Danny. Mm -hmm. um, I think I already told you a little bit about this, but I read. So like I'm assigned, you know, certain readings uh, each week and you don't necessarily have to read them in a, any particular order. But the order that I read these in were, were the Susan B. Anthony trial. And then immediately after that, I read Sojourner Truth's Ain't I a Woman? And I was like, 
it almost felt like a like a call and response, mm. like Susan B. Anthony giving this like speech about how how can she be treated or how can she be held accountable to these standards, et cetera, et cetera. And then immediately followed up by Sojourner Truth saying, well, well, aren't I a woman too, though? <laughs> you know, and like kind of going into, you know, talk about context of the times, like it's, you know, pretty well known that Susan B. Anthony wasn't advocating for for black women, she's, you know, she partnered and advocated for black men, but not black women. And so, you know, there's certainly something to be said for that as well. And, and the context of those times. And anyway, and and here we are now. And here we are. (laughs) And here we are now. For the love of Christ. It's like one of those things that, you know, if you're asked, when would you time travel to if you could, you know, and of course, my answer is always Tudor court like that's I would just want to time travel there. And everyone's like, well, yeah, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. A good argument is, well, you don't have you'd like, you know, you wouldn't like it. Women didn't have any rights then. And I'm like, right. What's your point? And the thing is, while we do have more rights than they did then, we still, <laughs> you know, like, it, it acting as though we're supposed to be that grateful for the little, 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 yeah, tiny yeah. millimeter fraction you've of been rights given, that we've been given. You've been given. Let alone people these, of this color. This man's table scraps. Right. Please, please say thank you now. Right. Right. Yeah. Um, and I think one time, Danny, when you were saying that, you said how going back in that time, you wouldn't know better. Like you wouldn't know right. necessarily what you know now. Right. And I think that that's like... So key when thinking about these things is that these women who were fighting back then were fighting for what they they felt they deserved and they knew something was wrong and they wanted to make change and all of that, uh-huh. sure. But like us today, we have so much context. We have uh-huh. so much education and so much, I mean, more freedom than they did, certainly. And, and yet here we fucking are. Like... Right. It is you know, so honestly scary. You know what? Um, we listened to the Black Death series that last podcast on the left did when we were driving to Maine, right? Mm-hmm. And a, a a point they brought up that I think that I think is worth bringing up in this context too is we like the human brain, lizard brain, is the same thing that it has been. For at least the last, like, 50,000 years. Like, mm-hmm. we're the same creature that we were hunting and gathering and then mm-hmm. settling down to farm. We, exact same creature. Same brain, same everything. Mm-hmm. So, in the context of what what is the Tudor period? I don't remember exactly. Like, 1400s? Yeah. So, 1400s, you know, just after the literal worst century to be alive, mm-hmm. the 1300s, you've got all of these women in... King Henry VIII's court, you don't think that every single one of them was having those same kind of thoughts that women in 1796, 1896, all were having the same time of like, well, how come, how come this fat fucker is in charge and I don't have a say? How come I have to just stay at home and have kids and not, you know, like... Do you know how many times I've heard mm. it was always the women the queen's fault if she didn't produce children or if she didn't produce a male heir. It's not his fault. And she's sitting there like... It's one of her jobs. Like, of all the podcasts I listen to, that's what they say. It's like, when you were a queen, when you were a queen consort, one of the things you have is your job is to bear children. And if you don't do that, then you are not doing your job. And you know... All of them. Think of all the, like... 
uh, we, you never talk about. Um, Catherine Parr was a published author. Yeah. Hello, does anybody so, like, talk about that? Like, she had thoughts. People had thoughts and feelings back then, too. And, and you know all of these women were sitting there thinking, this is pretty fucked up. Yeah. But, yeah. but um, kept it in the context of, I, like, if I say that out loud, I will yeah, be my head fucking cut off, yeah. Right over there. Yeah. Right. Um, the other, another thing that I had to read, I sent Danny some excerpts of this here and there, mm-hmm. but it's called Women and Economics by Charlotte Perkins Gilman. And she kind of breaks down the uh almost like if being a mother or a housewife were a job this is what i would earn versus what a man goes out and earns like it's really interesting the way that she breaks down well if this is if you think that women are supposed to stay home and earn their keep well this is what i should be earning for what Mm -hmm. i'm doing essentially and it like it's so fascinating because it just breaks down how like fucking foolish that train of thought is and how like it doesn't even compare to like, and you have this whole other side of it where people think that like being the stay at home mom and being the housewife and being all that is just like, oh, you're just like laying around and eating bonbons. Yeah. But she like breaks down what, you know, you're actually like what that work actually entails. And if this is what I am, then like I should be earning the wage of a housekeeper plus a nanny plus like, you know, that essentially that kind of an idea. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it, well. She actually goes into that yeah. too about how cooking has ha, has become, or was innately like a female trait. Unless you're doing yet. it professionally, Shh. correct? Because doing it at home isn't considered a profession, mm-hmm. but you're still expected for that to be your life's work. Yep. It's like it's so fascinating. And then it goes down this whole other oh, man, uh, I- path, which I will definitely request an e- we do an episode on where I'm going to my hypothesis is going to be that the patriarchy caused fast food. Oh, uh, yeah, I'm 100 <laughs> percent on board with that one. I think I think this this would be a good two parter. We could do the pa- we could do episode one. The patriarchy gave you fast food, and then episode two, the war, um, the war on cooking, or something mm-hmm. like that. Because I've got some strong feelings about that whole role of, you know, probably like the 1950s housewife. You got to have meat and two veg on the table before. before I got pop. your meat and two veg right here. I got here. your meat and two veg. Oh, you know, got to have it on the um, table before Pop Pop gets home or whatever the fuck. And then it's weird for a man like, to cook and you know, all that shit. What's so fascinating, I mean, not fascinating, but like I guess that fascinating is the right word slash sad, <laughs> is that when when I'm reading these things, like it's really not that different no. now. You know, like I, I was thinking about how like I was telling you guys, like I'm, I'm in a, a binge of Sex in the City, which I've never... I'd never watched all the way through before, just like bits and pieces. And so this is technically my first time through. And I was watching an episode today where Charlotte quits her job because she wants to become a mother and stay home and decorate the house and be home with her child. And and she has this like high power job where she's running a gallery in New York City, but she's married now. And so she's going to quit her job. And she hires this like, you know, young 20 something to replace her. And the young 20 something is just like appalled that she would do this. And so it's like speaking to the generation difference between like you know a woman Mm -hmm. in her mid to late 30s 
versus a woman in her early 20s and, and things like that. But like as a woman in her mid to late 30s, the rest of myself and the rest of her friends are like, what do you mean you're going to quit your job and, and be a stay-at-home mother and redecorate? And she wants to go to uh, the Color Me Mine and paint ceramics <laughs> and like do all these like frilly things. And it's just like – yeah, I think there's a satirical element to that when you see it mm -hmm. in TV shows. But I also think the danger in things like that is that girls do see that and think, oh, yeah, that's what I want, too. Charlotte on Sex and the City did it. That's what I want, too. They don't get that there is a satirical element to right. it. You know? it's, it's, if it's not positioned as – if it's not obvious – I think we talked about this in some, in some other context the other day driving around but like if it's not obvious that it's satire or it's to be taken in that nature then the message is lost mm -hmm. likewise right. if you know it's the con again context matters right so if the context of her saying like i want to quit my high power job that's a lot of stress because i just want to spend time with my husband and my kid and do things that i enjoy doing like that's a totally different <laughs> that's a that's a different view of it than I'm doing what the societal norm believes I should do, so I'm going to conform to that and just do that. Maybe her inner truth is just like, I just want to be able to read books and make ceramics and do fun things like that. I don't know. I've never watched. I've never watched. Right. But again, like mean, context matters, right? But like, that's that's the problem is you don't usually see different options either. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, why do you have to give up something? It, it's almost like it's becomes the expectation, too. Yeah. Instead of being like, well, at 28, she was given the choice. Like, do you want to get married and have a kid and paint ceramics? Or do you want to keep doing your job kind of yeah. thing? It was like it was expected of her kind of thing I, is usually how those things are portrayed. I think there's another interesting. I don't know about that instance, but. I think there's another interesting conversation to be had here about the amount you know, the amount of narrative content that we take in in the form of these TV shows, movies, and the whatnot. I know, Kat, you always say it, like, I, like you as a teenager were ruined by the shitty movies that you, that you watched. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, as society, we all were. Like, we were taught very incorrect things about relationships and about sex and about your body and about, like, the way that you should interact as people. Like, not just in TV shows, but in movies, all of it is, like, so driven by purity culture and by the patriarchy and by this idea that, like, you are not complete unless you are mated in some way. And it really should be, like, you know, man and woman because, yeah. you know. And, like, you have to have kids and you have to do this and you have to do that. And it's Otherwise, just like, happily ever after doesn't come. Yeah, yeah, no, exactly. And it's, like... Uh, no, all of that is wrong, actually, and uh, and I think offensive. there's a whole there's a whole side to it too that all of these stories take a linear path. They go from A to B to C to D and never tread backwards, never skip a step, never do anything like that. Whereas mm -hmm. real life is, you'll go from A to B to D and then back to C and then probably back to A for a minute and then maybe out to F and. Fuck E. No one wants to deal with E. Mm -hmm. That gives you this unrealistic expectation of how life flows. That it's not, you know, mm -hmm. that it's linear. It's this progression. You, uh, it, it comes up in like Fight Club. You know, it's like, oh, I graduated college. Now what do I do? Well, go get married. All right, I got married. Now what do I do? I don't know. Have a bunch of fucking yeah. kids. Exactly. And that is not that it. It doesn't have to be that way. That's mm -hmm. not true. 
So I, that's a whole right. conversation I think that's, that would be interesting to have at some point too. Texas. Are we, I thought we were doing that in a full episode. Oh, we're gonna, but why don't we at least just, you know, this is a good segue because we're pretty much at the end of this episode. So it's like a preview for the next one. It just hurts, man. <sighs> yeah. I, it, <sighs> I guess, I guess like the biggest thing, I don't even know. I don't even know if I can say this. I was going to say, I, I feel like the the one of the big betrayals of texas was just like you we kind of all thought we were better than that right but i guess we all knew we weren't there's you know i think i think like the thing that everyone needs to really remember though is that texas is just the first yeah. oh, exactly the only. no and, and and there there are plenty of states who are like you know right on texas's heels mm-hmm. with wanting to Florida. do the exact same thing or worse yeah and so it's like you know alabama? thank god we live in new york but nah, Flor- yeah, alabama florida was hot on i think it too, virginia I, think, yeah. I was gonna say virginia west, west, west virginia 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 is yeah. pretty that's that's pretty i think the times. thing is it's much like you say about the next Republican presidential candidate, it was the race to the bottom. Who was going to be able to get mm-hmm. there first so that they can lay claim yeah. to say that we did it first. But yeah, there's a there's a at least a handful of states that are actively pursuing a similar, yeah. if not the same thing. And every single day, I'm like, well, thank God I live in New York because that would not fly and, here. You know, I think like what confuses me or astounds me the most about these things is like, are there are there medical professionals involved in these lawmaking conversations? No, no, because no. like there can't no, be, no, no, right? Can't be. Because not like, real ones. No. Yeah, because what medical? Like, wouldn't shouldn't somebody be explaining to these men how like pregnancy works and how like the female body works and like because you're not even at that point you're not even attacking abortion. You're you're straight up just attacking women because like. What do you? I mean, we all know, but like, how rare is it to know you're pregnant at six weeks? Like, any any female who has ever taken a pregnancy test can back me up in saying it's usually around six weeks when you start to lightly be like, "Huh, that's <laughs> weird." I mean, that's weird. You know, like, there's no. It, I mean, it it just doesn't work. I that mean, I'm way. not, and especially there's like, also no heartbeat. It, I mean, I'm not saying that that yeah. I'm not saying that number and that time frame was chosen for a reason, but it kind of seems like that number and time frame may have been chosen for a reason, <laughs> right? Because most most women do not <sighs> six hey. weeks, and then again, like the whole argument of like, well, it's at the heartbeat, and you're like, wait, has anybody talked to a fucking scientist I about? Don't oh think my you god, know what that oh, means. I, if I cannot wrap my fucking head around the fact that these people are saying, like, the heartbeat, or, like, even these politicians, these pro, like, life people that are, like, fucking fingers and toenails and all these stupid-ass arguments. Oh, there's Norman. That... (laughs) Speaking of fingers and toes. Yeah. That, like, these arguments... On, and I'm like, do you not know what a baby is? Do you not know what a fetus is or a zygote? Like, do you not know what these things fucking are? It makes me nuts. Would you please? I didn't even realize that Norman was on the shelf behind Here, me. Could you please open the door for him? He wants to. Yeah, he'd like to go. <laughs> I just heard him chirp. I didn't realize he was back. Yeah, he there. wants to get out of this conversation. Yeah, he wants. Well, I mean, he's a he's yeah. a boy, so. Well, yeah, so he, it doesn't affect no him. Opinion. 
So he, he shouldn't need to be involved. Mom, he's confused. Open you know, the door. You know, like, that's the, like, hold on, though. Let's talk about that. <laughs> yeah. Let's talk about that for a second. Because, like, sure, it doesn't affect men in that, like, it's not physically your body. But let's have the conversation around how, like, it probably should affect men. Because if I'm being forced into having a baby, then you should be forced into giving me money. You should be forced into supporting this baby that you helped create. Because let's all remind ourselves and our friends that 100% of your orgasms Andy, can result in a baby for now. now. Zero percent of mine results in a baby. Kat, Kat, I'm going to tell you a secret. I'm I'm (laughs) leaning real close and I'm going to tell you a secret. They don't actually care about the baby. (laughs) I know. You just want, men just want to shoot their loads wherever they want and we just have to grin and bear it. Is, yeah, that's right. There's your finger yeah, guns. There it is. That's finger right. Guns. Your meat and two veg. Uh, and you know what I feel like is the best spot to leave this um, for next week until we talk about it more. That's wink. Uh, what about instances of rape? I mean, how are we going to deal with that if we have to have if we have to have the babies? It doesn't seem very fair to make a woman have her rape baby, right? Well, well, lucky for for them, Andy, rape, rape isn't real. Exist. That's what well, I was. I was so. waiting for Andy well. to stop talking. I was gonna be like, <laughs> nay, "Good news nay. is, rape isn't real." Nay, nay, folk. Yeah. Rape yeah. is real. But do you know how we're gonna solve that problem in Texas? So saith Governor Abbott. We're just gonna stop rape. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Then no problem. They're oh just... well, that's well, <laughs> okay. Just don't do a rape. Well, damn. All right. Fuck, oh, hey. I wish it was, I wish, it was like we stopped COVID. There Same you go, thing. guys. Done. We just asked it to go Done. away. Governor Abbott said, rape and cancel. Done. <laughs> no more problems. Crank out those kids. COVID been canceled, rape been canceled. Fuck. Everybody why fine. We, why didn't we Women think of equal this like now. a long time ago? I didn't know I could just say, well, we're, we're going to stop, stop it. it. <laughs> yeah. I mean. We're just not going to do that anymore. I mean, fuck, I've. I would have done that forever ago. Yeah, damn. Mm-hmm. Set, get get his Nobel Prize in the mail, please. Uh, we all know he's winning it. So, so there you go. I think, I think that's a good spot to leave it until your greatest hits next week when we pick this up. These are just the things that are on the top of our heads. We didn't research this or think about yeah. these at all. I'm, I'm excited. I will do my good girl homework and next week i will present to you the history of abortions and it'll be great really informative and uplifting and i'll do and i'll do my helpful mail uh i guess homework as well and i'll do my research into the texas law and why the supreme court is a bunch of fuckers and i'll do my research into getting my tubes tied yeah you know you should also do some research andy into into like what goes into a vasectomy you can teach the audience about that teach a lot more about it next year okay well yeah there'll be photos what what for the patreon for the patreon Oh my god, maybe someone will send you a special jock strap. Oh god, please do. So yeah. A velvet one. Yeah, that oh yeah. Yeah. Because like it's like so much less invasive for you to do that Mm -hmm. than like literally Mm -hmm. anything. Uh maybe I can get a um a male support undergarment 
that's kind of like Rockies in uh, Rocky Horror. I get it gold and like sparkly. Mm-hmm. That'd be fun. Yeah. So uh, yeah, Patreon. Um, let's start wrapping up this episode. If if you uh, are totally a fan of this format change and all the new fun things that we've got to say, um, I mean, you can throw ones at us or fives or tens or twenty fives or. I don't know, whatever denomination you feel is appropriate, over at uh, our Patreon, patreon.com slash the vspot. I think that's right. Mm-hmm. I'm sure that's right. And if you're a patron that has stuck with us through our uh, rut here, thank you uh, oh so very much. We do appreciate it uh, quite a bit. And we're going to come up with some way uh, to do do a little make good, and maybe we'll send send you guys some prizes. We're, yeah, we're working on stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see. What else do we usually say? A great idea, if you like uh, photography and pictures and videos, mostly of food, cats, and sometimes our faces, is to uh, hit us up on the Instagrams at the VSpot Podcast. Uh, if you want to talk politics or listen to me or chat with me, I do manage the Twitter uh, at the VSpot Podcast. Normie! And Normie is in the background. I think our only other thank yous that we owe here are to the soundbite.fm. They're the network that we're a part of and they uh, they support us and they're friends. I think we also need to thank, I think it's Winter Garden for the temporary theme music that I'm using until we write our own. They're a, uh, they're a fun band out of Sweden? I think Sweden. If it's not, I'll correct it later. But check them out at, I believe it's wintergarden.net. It'll be in the show notes. Just go click on links in show notes. It's all easier that way. And if you want any links to anything that we've talked about today, they can uh, be found at thevspot.fm. Hey, hey, that's all the things. That's all. Yeah. I got to figure out a way to have like a real link to a Discord because I want to start a Discord for us. Well, we tried to start it, but then we took a break for three months. So. <laughs> yep. Okay. Anything else? You guys got anything else? That's it. Nah. Nah? No, no. Okay. Nah. 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 Oh, wait. I got one more thing. Not. Snooze. Snooze. I thought we were trying to take that back. I thought we were bringing it back. That's so IPA. Oh, my God. So IPA. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, we'll see you all next week, huh? Yeah. Okay. What? All right. Huh? What? Fight me. Yeah. Mom's spaghetti. Mom's spaghetti. (laughs) Okay, goodbye. Bye. Bye.